0: Are you looking to take the next step in your leadership journey? The Small Giants Leadership Academy is now enrolling the next class. Launching October 2021, this one-year program brings emerging talent together to grow their skills as purpose-driven leaders. Academy graduate Tori Carter-Coneen said, The Leadership Academy showed me practical ways to weave our values into our everyday work. Living our values led to a stronger culture, which led to more efficient and effective outcomes. For Katie Spica, these lessons carry over immediately into her working life. She shared, I hold a monthly training session that passes along what I'm learning to the rest of the group, from emotional intelligence to visioning and more. Personally, I'm growing so much from this program and I'm being intentional about adopting the traits of an inspiring leader. Does this sound like the right pathway for you or a rising star on your team? Visit www.smallgiants.org to learn more.
1: Welcome to the Growing With Purpose podcast. I'm Paul Spiegelman, and we're going behind the scenes with very special leaders, learning about what shaped them into who they are in business and in life. My guest today is Connie Reed, founder and CEO of Consuela, a lifestyle company with products ranging from home decor and textiles to handbags and apparel. Their mission is to share and celebrate individuality and make each day ridiculously awesome. Welcome, Connie.
2: Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, I love that. I, I love the mission. Uh, as I uh, looked at the, the website, I just got in a good mood all of a sudden because of all of the colors that were there. But what I saw more than the colors and more the product was the messaging about why you do what you do. Um, Share a little bit more about that.
2: Okay. Um, yeah. You know, when I started, of course I started the company back in 2006, so 15 years ago. And, um, I had, I had three real, real things I wanted to do. And, um, one of those was share my art, which is a art of the art of the unmatched design philosophy, which I'm happy to talk about. And then also two really important things to me were working in Mexico, especially working with traditional artists. And then also, um, working with women and lifting women up um, just for all the amazing things that so many women are out there in the world doing. And oftentimes, you know, without thanks, without notice, and and not for those reasons, but just to be able to notice them and lift them and appreciate them.
1: So uh, you say you started it back in 2006. Uh, I understand you were in the corporate world for a long time before that, had some sort of epiphany or moment in your life where you said, uh, you wanted to maybe follow your your passion and, and you've just listed three of them um, how did that how did that moment come about
2: well it, i think it was a long uh probably a long time coming i mean i know it was a long time coming um but i do joke that i had an early midlife crisis when i was 35 and yes <laughs> i was working for a really big one of the big tech companies and had been doing that for years and for a long time and i had you know I had a computer Computer science degree, but I was just—I joke that I was just un—I was unhappy, I was uninspired, I was pretty much just un. And um, so, you know, that's what kind of motivated me to decide that I wanted to change my life, I wanted to make an impact in the world, and you know, just become better, become better person, but happier try to leave, leave the world a little bit happier. And so um, I quit my corporate job and started Consuela, which has just been an amazing, amazing journey.
1: How were you able to make that jump? Uh, That's pretty hard for people to do that have at least a sense of maybe financial security that comes with a corporate job. I know you weren't particularly inspired or happy with it, but it's not easy to make that jump to entrepreneurship.
2: Absolutely. And I think that, um, I, I'm married and my husband and I do not have children. So there was a little bit of a freedom there and that my husband still had a job while I started to do this. Um, but I really do think that at the end of the day, I had always felt uh, the desire to be entrepreneurial. I think that, you know, when I grew up, my dad had a small restaurant and I saw him and, you know, what it was like to be an entrepreneur and work hard, work long hours, pretty much seven days a week. But just that freedom to be able to make your own decisions and do things the way you wanted. And I know and it's so interesting because at the time and when I started Kinsuela, I didn't know about Evergreen or small giants or companies that were kind of private and, and making decisions and doing things with values that I really, really resonated with. But that's what I, I was doing. You know, all my, my reasons for wanting to do this company involved lifting people, lifting the world, you know just being able to do something different than what I had seen done at publicly traded companies. And so it was really great when I found that there were organizations in the world like Small Giants because I got to meet other people who had similar values. So that's been really, really
1: great for me. Yeah, that's uh, a wonderful endorsement actually of not only Small Giants, but Tugboat and other organizations that are out there like that that are focused on purpose-driven leadership. But I I think what it sounds like is you kind of found kind of like hearted people, I like to say, um, kind of find your family of other people that are trying to change the world the same way that you are. Uh, we all want to grow. We all want to be successful, but we have a chance to really make an impact.
2: Absolutely. And. You know, when you back to the question about like, how was I able to do that financially and everything? The reality is I, I wasn't exactly able to, you know, you just kind of, um, I just decided that my passion and, and this this life that I have, which is one life as far as I know, I just wanted to do something different with it. So it kind of takes the barriers off of, of all those things of like, but but how much money do I make? And, and kind of the suburb kind of life that I was maybe living a little bit then. Um, Also during that time, my husband and I found out that we really weren't going to, we weren't going to be having children. Um, And so you know, it was, it was, there's a lot of things there that did allow me a little bit of freedom, but also when I started the company, I literally started it just charging a few things on my credit card. So there was, it was completely bootstrapped. There was no business plan. There wasn't anything. I just started it in my garage and um, started making one of a kind art pieces. So I think that that also provided a lot of flexibility because it wasn't really like, oh, I'm going to go raise millions of dollars and start this big thing. It was just, I started pursuing my passion. and then as I was doing that, I was realizing that I wasn't really a very good hobbyist and that I needed to make a business to make this <laughs> work for me. And so um, so that's when I started really figuring out how to do the business. But, you know, also um, coming from corporate America, I always knew, I mean, it's just like, even the company that I worked for, is the, the founders of that company, that tech company, they still drew out the original um, item they sold on a, you know, back of a napkin or whatever. So it's like, I knew that you could start small and that it could be whatever you wanted it to be ultimately.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, bottom line that, yeah, maybe the stars aligned with your situation personally and that things that were going on, but it took a lot of courage to make that jump. And, and you did it in a way. And I, I remember back in the day when I started my uh, main business in 1985 uh, with my two brothers and we bootstrapped it as well. We were a 24 hour business from day one. One of us had to sleep overnight on a cot uh, (laughs) for waiting for calls to come in. And we, uh, we had no money to to start the business, and we realized that that was the best way not only to grow the business but to maintain what became our really unique culture was to have control over our own destiny and the way we wanted to to run our business long term. And uh, I you know a couple of years into it, we did try to raise money, and nobody would give us any. So we were back <laughs> bootstrapping anyway and uh, and ended up going you know almost thirty years uh, without outside capital. So, it's nice to be able to have started your business that way as well. So today, give us a sense of sort of the scope of, of Consuela. I know you have a couple of flagship stores, but you sell through lots of retailers. How many employees? Kind of give us a sense of the size of the business.
2: Okay. Um, yeah, you know, this is something that I'm I'm, I'm happy to share publicly. In fact, I, I did do a presentation recently where I shared a lot about my personal and public uh, business journey. So I'm, I'm happy to do that because it's been hard. So for 15 years, and it sounds like you can probably relate, or maybe, you know, maybe your story is different. And maybe it kind of grew uh, in, a, in a more straight line. But for me, mm-hmm. it was, um, it was very difficult being a bootstrapper. And I mean, I experienced the exact same thing that uh, nobody wanted to give me money. <laughs> mm-hmm. At the time, you know, it's always the big joke that people only want to give you money when you don't need money. Um yeah. But so there was, you know, I was constantly walking around kind of asking people, are you my mother? You know, the Dr. Seuss, are you my mother? Because (laughs) I needed help, but I couldn't get help from anywhere. So it took a really long time. And, um, you know, when we started, it was it, we grew and we were growing like about 50% every year, which sounded great, but it's small numbers. You know, you're, you're not, you know, the, the, like the first four years, we weren't even to a million dollars yet in revenue, but then it's kind of like you, you grow. And then it was another million, another million, whatever. It's still fairly small numbers in scheme of, of business. Um, and, but I knew that I had something and people were just so excited for the product. And so I was just trying to figure out how do I scale? How do I get this thing to the next level? And so for, um, I started hiring consultants and I started trying to take pretty much any little bit of advice those consultants would give me and um so for about three years i was flying all around the world one of the first things i was told was like you're never going to be able to scale this business in mexico operating out of mexico you need to do india and china as well so i'm flying all over the world um adding factories. And basically what happened is the business stalled out. So we had got up to the point where we had, you know, one, one retail store, we were doing a little bit of e-com business. And primarily we were a wholesale business with probably around 300 retail outlets uh just small like one or two door stores not not big box stuff which was again a strategic decision and we were probably in the like five million dollar revenue range at that point and then it kind of started toppling out which you'll see i know you've seen and heard so many stories like this where a founder-led company just cannot get it past you kind of get into the no man's land where you're like i cannot figure out how to push this thing forward yeah and so uh, a lot of that advice i was being given by consultants um was not working for me and I was getting exhausted flying all over the world and so we were kind of stalling out and then that's really honestly when I met some other great people I joined Tugboat in 2016 and so in that that time period so for about three years we were stuck in the like three million dollar revenue range we had backed down into that and now today we have a president which was kind of what I I learned and and you know, through lots and lots of talks and being very vulnerable with my situation with people, which is a very hard thing to do in business. Mm -hmm. Um, I decided to hire a president and stop trying to, you know, hire all these consultants. And luckily after, I mean, luckily it took three years, but after about (laughs) three years, I found the right person. And so since then, and the reason I'm telling you all this to the question of where we are today is today we have, um, an e-com business that is really strong and it's about uh, 60% of our business. And then we have about 1,200 retail stores and we're at like a 30 million in revenue. So that happened in a four-year period going from three to 30. So it's a really, really big, amazing perseverance uh, story really. And so that's why I'm happy to share it for anybody that it could help.
1: Yeah, that's awesome to see what you've done. But we also have to realize it just came with a lot of learning and a lot of struggle and and that stalling out period, which is very typical, like you said. Um, and and kind of understanding who you're learning from. So you certainly can talk to a lot of consultants and experts, but it came down to probably building the team within your own company and joining some of these organizations that knew that the that the why of why you existed is something that you could leverage and use to grow your business to the level it is today, which is only a step who knows what it'll be in in a year, in five years. Right. So you're, you're just on this continuing journey, which we all are. So, uh, yeah, I want to take you back Connie a little bit to the past. and I want to know where this courage came from this, uh, understanding of what it means to be a leader what makes you who you are today you you started talking a little bit about your dad um, owning the restaurant um but what were some of those early influences either with your family or school that might have contributed to this journey
2: yeah um it was and, and you know this is this is something it's actually very personal but the um like so many of us, I had um, a little bit of, of difficulty uh, in, in childhood, and I came from um, a broken home that had been an abusive relationship, and, um, and I ended up living on my own at a young age, um, so was living on my own starting around 14, and when I was 17 in the middle of my senior year, I was a, I'm a survivor of a violent crime that happened in the middle of the night, um, when the home I was living in was broken into. And so the thing is, and, and what, what I share about that is that what happened is I didn't tell anybody. So like my dad knew and a few people knew and there was hospitals, investigations, things like that. But I didn't tell my friends. I didn't tell the school. I didn't even tell my mother. I begged my dad not to tell my mom because I didn't want her to be sad and worried. Um, and so so the reason that this is so important and impactful to who I am today and to starting Consuela is you know i i became very empathetic so i became really really aware of how so many people have something under the surface that we don't see that is really uh, important and meaningful and so a lot of times i i even would Kind of study, or was a student of of human human behavior and interactions, and seeing people who were really seemingly successful or had it all together, and I started becoming really empathetic to understand that oftentimes they really didn't have it all together, and there was something under the surface that was probably really painful for them that they were covering up with success. Different than you know, um, I have a brother who who was uh, an addict and alcoholic and his, his pain was very apparent to everybody. Um, but other people, they, they mask it really well. So through that, I, that's what made me really driven to want to, um, you know, lift women and, and acknowledge women out there specifically who are working hard, being, contributing to community, to society, to their families, often while masking pain of of their own things that they've been through. And I've just, uh, it's been so rewarding and there's just been so many wonderful stories that I've gotten to hear and witness and share and, and also just that thing of being vulnerable with people and what it means, what a gift it is and and the gift that they give you back. Because, you know, oftentimes when I go into a lot of detail about my personal story, I have just been, you know, blessed with, with so many people coming to me afterwards and sharing some very personal things, um, that, that were on their heart. So uh, that was a big part of what was driving me. In fact, you know, um, consuela our kind of our tagline so to speak is it's not about the bag and that's because you know i did start this company that has these products and in particular we sell all of these you know bags these really brightly colored bags because they're meant to evoke joy and emotion but it really has never been about the bag it's always been about supporting people and trying to just really share love with people um And so, and then that, that relates back to the whole manufacturing in Mexico as well, because I have a really, a lot of positive memories um, from childhood on a few trips that I was able to take, like car trips through interior Mexico and, and, you know, Mexican culture that the people often place a very high value on family. And since that's not something I really had, I really have always resonated with it and felt very comfortable there. So, uh, so that's why kind of the, my whole connection with Mexico and then also so the lifting women, that's really where that all stems from.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's just uh, bringing back all sorts of memories for, for me too. Um, but, uh, I think what you hit on, what's most important is everybody has a story and some of them are very visible, like your brother and others are not, but we all have it. And, and, uh, some have been had it tougher than others. You had a lot of challenges, like you said, in your childhood. But your vulnerability and your empathy that you got from that allowed you to open yourself up and and think about how many lives you're touching today. Um, my uh, my wife comes from a big Mexican family, so I, I get I get the culture and I get this sense of family and loyalty that um, that culture brings as well. So I I totally understand how you've. Connected with building that relationship uh, in in your distribution channel um, for the company as well. And today,
2: sorry if I could just add that. Today, what's so exciting is you know we have six hundred and fifty full time jobs in Mexico, um, and that includes uh, you know manufacturing as well as artist communities that we work with. We work with four different artist communities, and um, and so you know that's the thing like like those relationships that i started in mexico 15 years ago i still work like that those people have become my family like they are some of my deepest closest relationships i still work with the very first factory and the very first artisan and i've just added and added and uh continued to build out this community of people and it is like so rewarding because it's very different than manufacturing in india or china where you know you you send in a po for sku 123 or whatever. In Mexico, you are developing the full supply chain from all of the materials and and everything. And you're really responsible for the welfare of the people because there is no no, there is another customer. There is not another customer in line just waiting to take over your spot. You know, you built this whole thing. And and so those people are counting on you, um, which is very rewarding. So
1: let's take a quick break. As a leader, I value responsiveness. In fact, it's one of the values of the Small Giants community. When it comes to email, crowded and disorganized inboxes can get in the way of being responsive to the people who matter most. I was so happy to learn that the team at Basecamp, a 2017 Forbes Small Giants award winner, has transformed email with their new product called Hey. Hey gives you back control of your inbox with features you never knew you needed but you won't want to live without. The first time you receive an email from someone, you get to decide exactly what to do with it. You can add it to your inbox full of all the important stuff, your feed for casual reads, or your paper trail for receipts and other transactions. Or you can decide not to receive emails from that person. There's a handy reply later feature, so you never miss getting back to someone, even if you can't tackle it right that second. Hey also makes it easy to edit email thread subject lines into something helpful so you don't have to sift through long message threads that have evolved light years away from the original subject. Hey blocks spyware, makes attachments easy to find and lets you send large files. Visit hey.com now to start a 14-day trial. That's Y.com for a 14-day free trial. And now back to the podcast. During the tough times when the company was stagnant and consultants were telling you to change your manufacturing and all of that, why didn't you, I mean, why didn't you uh, at that time listen to suggestions from people that felt like that they knew how you could grow your company, which might've been different than naturally what was coming to your, to your mind and your heart?
2: Well, I think that, you know, I, I think, I tried to, in a way, like I I never was going to leave Mexico, just like I'm saying, I will never leave the first resource, even though it's a tiny little resource. Now I still would give them as much work as they, they can take. Um, but I did, it was just, so I tried it, you know, I went and got some, some factories and I thought, okay, I'll keep Mexico going. And then I'll, I'll do China and India too. And that's how we'll grow. But I really I felt, you know, it wasn't on my, it wasn't, it wasn't on my heart to do. And that's when, and this was so interesting. So many of the the consultants that I was working with, you know, they had come from big privately tra- you know, private, um, sorry, uh, uh, venture capitalist-funded companies, private equity companies, and and public companies, and so they were they were trying to put me into that traditional trajectory of what mm. a um, retail, you know, fashion design type company does, and it's like you start, you have it for five to seven years, you sell to private equity or you know to another big big retail organization, and so it was it was like, once I got in that, I realized like, this doesn't feel comfortable to me. This doesn't feel like a, what I wanted to do ever, but I didn't know how to pinpoint it. I didn't have any of these words. Cause like I said, I wasn't aware of small giants. I wasn't aware really of any business groups. You know, I just started this thing in my garage. So mm-hmm. I wasn't really connected in that way. And, and, you know, I joke now with a lot of my friends who have MBAs, because it's just such a different perspective. My friends who have an MBA, they got out of school, they had their business plan, I'm gonna you know, go do this. And my way I did it sim- similarly, maybe to how you did your business, it was just completely opposite of that. And so it was it was just my heart. It was just listening to that gut instinct. Like I had already, I wasn't trying to get money, you know? So that was another thing. Like everything, all that direction pointed to was always about top line revenue, top line revenue. And I wasn't really led in that way. I wanted something for my heart, not for my pocketbook, you know?
1: Yeah, but look what's happened.
2: Exactly. By following your heart. <laughs> By
1: following your heart, listening to your gut, um, you have built a very financially successful company. And that's what people need to understand is you don't have to choose one or the other. And uh, uh, you can have both. You can have impact. You can lead with values. You can have it's an incredible mission that that you guys have. And you can still build a very financially successful company. You don't have to sacrifice any of those things. Um, And I remember back in the day when um, I... I almost sold my company to a private equity company and uh, walked away with two weeks to go after signing a letter of intent. Just knowing that it would, I would not be able to uh, live with myself if the culture that we had created wouldn't wouldn't survive. And yeah. uh, and it's not to say it's there's no right or wrong. It's just a model that's not compatible with where I wanted to go with my business and my life. And so the fact that you've honored that all this time is really uh, impressive. Um, can you think, Connie, of maybe an unexpected learning from an unexpected source somewhere along the way?
2: Oh, gosh. I could probably think of a lot. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Um, hmm. I don't know. That one's kind of throwing me. I, I don't know. Probably like my overachiever. I'm trying you hard, too hard to think of the best example you've ever heard in your life. <laughs> but, um, you know, I. I don't know. I just like, I keep thinking about the, the lessons that I learned um, over these last four years. And, and maybe the ones that was tied to when I kept getting told no, like when I was in that no man's land. And during that time, you know, I talked to so many different people from investors to consultants and and all the people. And I think maybe the the unexpected lesson was that getting told no was the thing that actually helped me focus and continue and, and feel even more firm and like, no, no, this is what I want to do. I'm not, like all the advice that didn't ring true, but that hurt because, you know, I actually have a a, a brother-in-law who is, he, he worked for a private equity um, group and he multiple times told me, that I should try to sell my company. And first I'm like, what am I going to sell? Like at this point, you know, I don't know who's buying, you know, and, um, but at the end of the day, it was so hurtful to think of selling this, this it's my life. It's what I've poured my heart and soul into. Um, so I don't know, I would think that I, I definitely kind of unexpectedly learned from the nose and the hard times, like, almost how to be even more giving and how to just, you know, really persevere. Um, so I learned that and I will say that the one person in my corner and, a, and a, something that my husband, my husband is the one who said to me a couple of times, um, when I was at the end, you know, i just like, I cannot, I've tried everything. I don't know what to do. And he would always say to me, if it wasn't about if, if it wasn't money that you were worried about, if you weren't worried that we weren't going to have enough money to keep going forward, would you quit? And I was like, of course I wouldn't quit. I love what we're doing, you know. And he was like, well, then it'll we'll figure out a way, you know, it'll happen. And so um, it was just again that kind of stick to the dream, don't give up, don't give up for worldly reasons.
1: And a, and a good supportive spouse always helps. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah um, so uh today as uh as you spread this joy uh around the world and and these vibrant colors, uh how are you staying in touch with those these areas like helping women? You know, you have this uh this it's not about the bag program. What kind of specifically you're doing to help lift women up, for example?
2: Uh well for the it's not about the bag program, it is um such, oh gosh, it's, it's so a a wonderful, amazing thing for me personally. Like I, I get so much out of it, but we have, um, we have this program, anyone can go onto our website and they can nominate someone that they feel they want to, to acknowledge And so it can be, you know, for any reason, whatever the reason. And so to this point we have done 635 gives, uh, so we've honored 635 different women and it is like, Anything from um, you know, oftentimes it's it's a student nominating someone, a patient nominating someone, a, a, a you know husband wife uh, friends. You know, it's just it's just the the people who are doing the nominating. What's so cool is that they get as much joy out of it as the person who gets it. It's that whole thing about like giving is just as good, if not better, than receiving. And so just this whole cycle of that, the person who gets to write in and they write these long, long you know uh stories and and tell us the story of the person and just them doing that they just feel so good about it and we have um you know we have program managers who call and really take the time to to listen to the story we curate these um special packages in conjunction with the nominators the nominator helps us decide what should we give the person our whole team gets together and writes handwritten thank yous uh very specific to the person's story everybody signs and we We have about 34 team members here at our Austin office, everybody signs and, um, and then we, we surprise them and if they're anywhere local or if we can make it happen, our whole team, like our, our corporate team goes out and does a surprise for the women. So I know it it's, sound, it's a very simple program, but it is extremely effective and uh, it brings a lot of joy to people. So that's gonna continue to expand. Right now we have given to, I think it's at like 43 different states and three different countries. And um, we're continuing to expand that. We hope to double the number of give, gives next year. And then we're also rolling this out so that our 1,200 stores who carry our products um, across the U.S., that they can do this in their communities and that they can start, um, especially doing the parties for the women and all of that stuff. So that's that's the one of the ways that we're working to to lift women.
1: Uh, it's a beautiful program. Uh, when, you, when I think about... How you've grown over the last few years. I mean, you're you're kind of ten times the size uh, from a revenue standpoint than you were four years ago. Um, so you've got a lot of uh, challenges just scaling the business. So how do you balance uh, this, this these kinds of programs and and projects, and how do you continue to scale them while you're at the same time trying to scale the company?
2: I mean, as you can imagine, it's been a challenge. Um, And, you know, I was, I was saying the other day that, uh, I think that for all those years, I feel like it was just about perseverance, perseverance, and now it's about people first. And so we have had to grow like, whereas for all those years, it was just me and, you know, my husband helping me and a few other people. Now we have a leadership team of eight and, you know, about 30 more key, key team members here in Austin and then others in Mexico. And, you know, we outsource, certain types of the, you know, the accounting customer service, that kind of stuff is outsourced sales. Um, but still, so the team has grown so much that it is, it's really right now we're in this challenge where it's all about all the, like what it sounds like. I, I can probably take a page from you of like what, what the, you know, the whole, um, Uh, all of our culture is about and trying to grow that and trying to put process in place. And so like for the, it's not about the bag program, how to maintain that extra special touch that we've been doing for all these years as the the company scales and grows exponentially. So this is one of the things that I'm constantly working on right now. And I, I certainly don't have the answers yet, Um, but what I do know is I, I just feel very sure of like what got us here, what the special things are about us and our company. And, you know, I, I joke because some of our bigger customers, they still have my husband's cell phone number on speed dial and they call him when they're upset about something. (laughs) And so I'm always saying to our team, like this has to be the way. And, you know, sometimes people come in and they're like, uh, talking about the growth of the company and saying, you know, me or Clay, we need to get out of the way on certain things. And really, as you look at what the roles are, and if I'm like the visionary and say our president's the integrator, all those different things and buzzwords. But at the end of the day, it's always been about people. It's always been about relationships. I look at all the people like they're my family, and so that's where I'm. I'm honestly, it's my heart. It's my my challenge right now is how do I keep that while I grow the business. And add a lot more people, so I don't, I don't have the answer yet for sure.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know that any of us have the the answer, um, but it, it it's a it starts with just a commitment to to maintaining both and balancing both, and like you said, uh, it even will likely have to do with your own role evolving uh, because you have realized that in order to grow the business and continue to make the impact on. Uh, the art world in Mexico and, and women um, you, it's, it's about building a team of people that you trust who who love you and love what you're about and what you're trying to do and giving them the autonomy and the authority to go do it. And then you can put the processes in place. I always say culture is a process that needs to be respected just like every other process we have in our company. And, um, and once it's done that way, then you can start to institutionalize these programs. So as you look at the, it's not about the bag program, that's, you know, you sit down and go, okay, I mean, maybe it's not realistic that we're going to be able to go out into the local community uh, every time and touch people the way we've done it, but how are we going to be able to scale this in a way that we can have the same sort of impact, but do it on a national or even international way? Um, and, And that's probably where, you know, you'll even enjoy a lot, uh, spending a lot of your your own time.
2: Absolutely, I, I can't wait for that. And I think that um, you know that's one thing that has been an interesting shift in our dialogues around our leadership team is the 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 team would always say to me that they hear people in the company saying, "Well, Connie, basically, kind of like, what would Connie think of this?" and that we're trying to shift into the, it's not about what Connie would think about it. It's like, is this part of the way Consuela does things? It's like, it's either brand, you know, the way our company uh, sees the world, the way we act in the world, the way we are out there, either that or not. It's not about me as a human uh, in the future. And as we go forward, it's about like brand. Um, So we're, we're definitely working on that.
1: So, um, at you know, you've been at this uh, a lot of years. You're in this tremendous growth uh, stage right now. What part of leadership do you think you still need to improve upon?
2: Um, I I think that the um, the lanes, just like you said, like like uh, staying like staying in my lane, finding out what's next for me. Um, I I am still. I would say more involved in things than I hopefully will be soon. I'm trying to, to back out of being so involved in so many things that I think that's a real challenge for a founder. And it's so new. I mean, you know, four years for this type of growth to happen, there's, there's a lot, there's 11 years of historical knowledge that I have that I haven't really had chance to pass to people who may have only been here for 2 years at this point because the company's grown so fast. So, I think that um really figuring out how to be clear with the mission, vision, all of the things that we're trying to do and then like you said let letting the team have autonomy and and go forward and and do it is is probably where I need to be spending a lot, some time.
1: (laughs) time Yeah. yeah. And there's, it doesn't happen overnight. You're, you've, you've obviously shown great resilience and uh, being vulnerable and learning along the way. Um, You've got such a great story, Connie, what kind of advice would you give to someone that's maybe just starting out in business or a younger person thinking about this, uh, this whole idea of entrepreneurship?
2: I think that, um, you know, you have to be really, clear on what your goal and motive is, in my opinion, because um, I have now, now after all these years, I have visited with different people starting companies for, for all kinds of different reasons. You know, uh, the reason a a person might want to be an entrepreneur, there's so many. And um, oftentimes I think that that can be confused with wanting freedom and autonomy And I think to be a successful entrepreneur is not really about those things. I think those can come from it, but I don't think that that is really what, how it works (laughs) at this point. I don't, I don't think so.
1: No, that's, that's like 25 years in. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Uh, But you, you gotta be willing to put in the time, put in the work, get your hands dirty. Um, and as you have learned, you know, listening, uh, listening to others, uh, there's so much talent out there. And and um, but when you have a brand like the one that you guys have built and you stand for something, uh, like I say, you're not really selling a product. You're selling who you are. And that takes care of itself. And um, y- you've really uh, done some great, um, great things so far, I'll say. Uh, I'm so excited to hear what what comes um, going forward and also excited that you've found organizations uh, with other leaders that have the same perspective that you do, and then you can share best practices and kind of learn from each other. I want to end with my five quick hit questions, kind of like the association game, if you just tell me what comes to your mind. Uh, uh, Name a leader that you look up to.
2: Oh, Amy Simmons.
1: Ah, Amy's ice cream. Yeah, yeah, good stuff in Austin. All right, uh, name a great book that influenced your leadership style. Oh goodness,
2: um, oh, I I'm not good at these questions, Paul. This is too hard.
1: <laughs> okay, we could skip it if it comes to you. How about here's an easy one: an all-time favorite movie.
2: A Knight's Tale.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Keith Ledger. I'm,
2: I'm a Is rom-com that... period person. Okay. So, yeah. okay.
1: Um, and how about a favorite TV series to binge watch?
2: Shit's Creek.
1: Yeah, that's good. I didn't discover that until the pandemic, but then couldn't <laughs> take my eyes off it. Of that's a good one. Yeah. Lastly, what's something about you that people don't know?
2: Um, I've been struck by lightning. What? <laughs> it's true yeah yep I was at a track meet when I was uh I actually was working in the corporate world I was on the corporate track team and I was standing in the bleachers holding an umbrella and it fizzled sizzled struck the umbrella sizzled down the umbrella into my arm and out out the bottom of my arm and um yeah so it happened I'm okay I had a heart palpitation for a bit but that's always my the crazy thing that happened
1: to me <laughs> that is great I can say that's the first time we've heard that one
2: yeah so uh, see it's, it, it's like yeah. meant to be like I'm the one in a billion you know something that happens to one and how many ever millions billions so I'm, I'm bound to have been able to be a, an entrepreneur right that that's happened. right
1: yeah um it was meant to be um Connie, this has been great to talk to you. I, I want to just reflect on a few of the things that you said that really touched me, and I, I know the people that will listen to this. Um, you know, one is just the simple courage that you had, you know, at 35 to get out of a a solid corporate world and decide that 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 wasn't inspiring to you, and you weren't happy, and and you ended up making the decision to. Uh, become an entrepreneur and with no idea what was going to come of that. And anybody that has the courage to do that, I have just so much uh, respect for. Um, I know some of that came from maybe those early days watching your dad in his restaurant and kind of got the bug. But um, the the reason why you did it um, is even more important, which is that you really felt like you wanted to lift people, lift the world, uh, realize that life is too short. And um, so you just went off and, and bootstrapped. And like many of us, you know, started in the garage or a bedroom or something like that. And, and uh, that's some really good early reviews on the product and what you were doing. Um, it had some good growth. And then you reach that point, like you said, no man's land that many of us reach where uh, we're kind of stuck. Um, and you started listening to people, whether, you know, consultants, et cetera, and came to that point where you felt like, um, it really meant bringing in some internal talent and, and maybe went through a few people and finally, you know, learned to kind of delegate and bring in that president and, and what's happened the last four years grown from, you know, 3 million to 30 million, really incredible. Um, but I mm-hmm. think that that, that ability to do what you have done comes from who you are and what you've been through and and uh i have great you know compassion for what you went through as a child um surviving an abusive relationship a violent event as a teenager i can't imagine the things that you went through uh, but it's it brought this sense of empathy to you and allowed you to open your heart which has continued to be open and uh all this time and the way you've touched all the stakeholders in your business and uh we all have to realize that, that, that everybody has a story, there's something under the surface and no matter what is going on on the outside. And I think that's what's so interesting is if we can be vulnerable enough to share this, that story, we have a greater understanding of each other and a greater sense of uh, empathy in life and our businesses. So the fact that you're open to share your, uh, your own story is really important and um, that's resulted in your it's not the bag program with women, um, with supporting uh, your relationship with Mexico and the hundreds of employees that you have there. It's just a really a wonderful uh, story. But ultimately, it, it, what I think is important for people to understand as well is that we we all talk to a lot of people, but ultimately we kind of come back to our gut. And our own instincts, and sometimes it, the talking to other people is just validating what we really believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, now you've reached that point where you you know that the, the the business can scale. You know the impact that you can have, and you also know you can't do it yourself. That you have built a leadership team, and even though I know I'm sure you love your leadership team, you know that that team is going to grow. It's going to change, and it all becomes about the relationships that we have. In our business, and our life that allows us to move forward. And so you'll live, you'll continue to learn to stay in your lane, but your lane will adjust, you know, what, what you're doing as you build that team and that trust that people can deliver with the level of quality uh, that you're used to. And it, that's, that's a very freeing feeling that, that I know that you will get in the coming years that will make you feel even better about the impact that you have. And, and lastly, I loved what you said about uh, people that decide that they may want to get into businesses. Just be clear on your goal. Be clear on your motive. Maybe it's to make the world a better place. Maybe it's to make a lot of money, whatever it is. Um, and but But try to be clear on that goal and then put your head down have those good values and um, get to work. So um, just a wonderful story. I can't wait to continue to follow you, Connie. I'm glad you're um, connected now with the Small Giants community. Uh, we wanna learn from you. We want you to share your story with others. And, uh, and I really appreciate you being on the podcast with me today.
2: Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I, I really enjoyed speaking with you and I just appreciate you taking the time.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Growing With Purpose podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. To learn more about purpose-driven leadership, go to smallgiants.org or follow us on Twitter at Small Giants Buzz. Until next time.